1: This episode is brought to you by the professionals at lakecounter.com. Do you know how many lakes your state has? Lake Counter can help you out by hand counting them. What would you do with this information, you ask? Put it on your license plate, of course. Just ask Minnesota, the land of exactly 10,000 lakes.
2: What's going on? B This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who still can use his own boogers and snot as a
1: sleeping mat repair kit. Carl Mandrioli. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I think you're just relishing the grossness, and you're like, how can I make things more and more gross? I'm just repeating man. what Thank I've
2: you. seen. I'm just repeating what I've seen. That's okay. all I'm doing.
1: Well, with me today is Derek Somerville, a man that thinks the way to really harm a circus is to go right for the jugular. Wow. <laughs>
3: Wow, I get. Jicular. If you have to explain the joke, it wasn't a good joke. That's all I'm gonna say.
2: When there's a long
1: pause, I just I can sense the processing. You're like, wait a minute, how does that work? The long
2: pause is is mainly just for the audience to to feel the awkwardness of the joke. I mean, it's it's really that's all. all over. Right. <laughs> the pain, endure the pain, Fair embrace enough. it.
1: Well, today we've got a special episode. Speaking of um, circuses and jugglers, yes. we got all that to share. We've got Suge Sean Emery, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, the legend. Yeah, he's a yeah. big time. Big time. We've actually been asked, I think multiple times by some of our, our uh, fellow adventurers out there to have him on the show, and we finally made it happen. And um, this, is yeah. this is a treat. It's a treat.
2: He's exciting. Yeah. He's exciting. It's going to be good.
1: He's like yeah. a ball of energy that is just filled with nuggets of wisdom along the way. Is that fair? That's a That's a
2: thorough description.
1: Yeah. I don't know how the ball and the nuggets kind of go together, but... I think it'll work. So, yeah. So, we're gonna, we got that coming up here in a couple minutes. Um, got for our Bible verse for the episode, 1 Corinthians 10 13. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Okay.
2: That was a long one.
1: Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's one verse. Is that too much for you?
2: It was a long It was a long one. <laughs> okay. I'm, just I'm saying. Well,
1: it's, uh, let's see, what was it, two sentences. Hard for you to process that? Maybe maybe you just
2: read a little too slow, I don't know. But, it, Perhaps. but either way.
1: Yeah, I try to allow you to understand. So this is talking about temptation. So do you get tempted by things like Pop-Tarts?
2: No, not anymore, not anymore. not Okay, what changed? um Age and uh, getting more in the know about, uh, you know, what's healthy, what's not. You know okay so you know the pop tarts taste good yes but then you you know you just learn how much sugars in those suckers and you just, you don't want to do it anymore
1: so sugar is the reason why you don't eat pop tarts huh mainly okay. not taste I, not chemicals well, there's there's some of those too yeah that's true the reason why I asked is because we're gonna be talking about pop tarts a little bit here uh, sugar's got an interesting food ideology that we'll get to here in a little bit and right yeah I feel like right a lot of those things that you cut out of your diet in everyday life typically will show right back right. up on a backpacking trip would you agree with that yeah
2: yeah that, i feel like that's accurate do you have yeah.
1: anything in specific that that's true for
2: do i bring it back in no i mean i i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the only thing i'll bring back no i am going to say no actually okay so i Nick, feel like I've, I've trimmed the fat so to speak really I mean, well I'll, I'll say this i do sometimes bring those famous famous cookies i do sometimes bring those and
1: uh i thought it was gonna be something like really minor like i might have some unsweetened dark chocolate or something like that but no you went for the chemical cookies again so chemical cookies i so went chemical cookies and uh you know but it's it's not great really, i haven't had them in a couple
2: of years so okay maybe those are fading out too
1: all right well let's yeah. find out if suge can uh convince you to go the other way and just bring in all that stuff so yeah we've well. got suge sean emery famous youtuber coming up right now all right, so we are here with Suge Sean Emery. How's it going, sir?
4: I am. I am fantastic. I'm you know I'm I'm in a, a sort of a tear of chores right now, and I'm ahead of the game. And I I just love doing chores. I have a little chore OCD. But what you're giving me here at noon here in Minnesota, and I think you guys are West Coast, California, Oregon,
2: Oregon, no, California, Colorado.
4: I, I love that state of California, Colorado, because I love alliteration.
2: How does one? How does a uh... I'm curious how does one grow to love chores cuz I hated them growing up. So how does it how does that how did that how did that change for you?
4: It's a way of kind of, you know, I'm a spirited introvert and my father the navy chief, you know, he always said some were $10 short and we would drive around and we'd look at a house that was just like they didn't upkeep it at all and he'd stop and look at it and said, I never want our home to look like that though I do admire that person. Because they just don't care, <laughs> uh, and I wish I wish I had that, but I don't. And and I didn't realize till after my father had died, and you know he'd been in the navy all of his life. He'd never owned a home and everything, so he always had me do a lot of chores, but he always paid me. But I had to pass his inspection. Of
2: course, of course, the white glove inspection. Yeah, of course.
4: Kind of a white glove inspection. It was a great life lesson, but I, I just enjoy them. And if you own a home, I would rather do the chore. Then hire people to do it because then I got to deal with them and they distract me and uh,
1: right right
4: so and I'm 64 and I have nothing left to do don't
1: don't drive by Derek's house you might want to avoid that
2: yeah my you don't want to drive by my house okay you, yeah break your heart I grade houses now <laughs> I drive around and give houses grades
1: hey he's not the only one grading something <laughs> hey you guys can be partners Carl loves to grade things
4: and I want to go to the door and go I'm giving you a C minus just because of those shutters.
1: I I would be happy to partner up with you and do that.
4: Actually, the
2: the Olympics could really use you guys. You know, what I mean, like just <laughs> for me. Most of it is That's their
4: color good. choices. I'm going. Have no color concept. You should have asked some help. <laughs> Application good. Okay. Color choices bad.
1: Sug, I would like to invite you on just like a neighborhood walk where we just literally knock on doors and just tell people how we scored them. I'd be up for that.
4: You know, going heads up, no judgment here. Just it's we're just being honest. It's uh, it's fair. No <laughs> judgment. It, we're we're
1: straight up judging them. <laughs> straight up judging. <laughs>
4: free to come judge my house and just just take it for what it's worth. Let it sort of simmer, and maybe someday you'll get motivated. <laughs>
2: I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys start in South Central
1: LA, and we'll okay.
2: go from All there, right. and uh, <laughs> we'll see what
1: happens. There you go. That's safe. All right. Let's get to let's get to backpacking. All right. All right. Shug, Backpacking Magazine has you ranked as the third most famous Minnesota man. Ooh. Do they really? It's huge. Third huge. most famous. Yeah. I did
4: not
2: know who's that. who's in front of him, Carl? Who's what's what do we Okay, doing? so
1: I got so, so Charles Schultz, the yeah. author of the Peanuts cartoons. Uh, yeah. yeah, obviously.
4: Please really say Garrison Keillor.
1: No, I have the next one is a small can of Coke. Oh, because it's that's mini odd. soda.
2: I got
4: beat by an inanimate object. Oh, that's
1: that's terrible.
2: No, that I actually terrible.
4: respect that. I uh, if, if <laughs> you want, like, if you want to get offline right
2: now, now's your chance. No, I yeah, I, I,
4: I love inanimate objects. I name them. I, uh, I I talk to them. I I wonder what their life is like. And uh,
1: strangely, on the list was not Jesse the Body Ventura, your old governor. Huh? I
4: wonder. I wonder. I wonder about or Garrison Keeler or yeah. you know. Some sports star, but, you know, it's a backpacking magazine. Yeah, so, so there That's you go. True. Yeah. That's true. That's not bad.
1: Either. All right, yeah. so so for those that don't know, you are a famous YouTuber. So if you had to describe your YouTube channel in a nutshell, how would you do so?
4: Okay, uh, I would describe it what from what I've heard from people, and I, I said it in our little love uh, when we were tossing the football around metaphorically before we started. And folks that don't know podcasts, you know, you're kind of right. meeting someone, online and we just sort of chat for five minutes and kind of feel if there's any love. And I feel like there was a lot of love. Uh, there's, a, there's A lot of love. A lot of love. <laughs> I would say that I see my channel as a kind of an inspirational channel to older folks who maybe backpacked, maybe were in scouts or girl scouts or went to camp or went backpacking in college. And this this is all, you know, um, this is all of humanity, no matter what gender or anything and then they kind of let it go because they got caught up in the working world and then they see this and I like to say it they just see this old idiot doing it and they realize well if he can do it I can do it and it's kind of come down to that I would say the second part of that was I just wanted to help people with hammocks I would see people struggling with hammocks
2: (laughs) that was us
4: (laughs) it came to me intuitively pretty much but it's like It's like anything you teach, you know, you have to think about it and break it down before you teach it. So it kind of, you learn something from it and you're passing on some knowledge. And even though it's YouTube and once in a while somebody calls you something awful and you get horrible comments, you can't be afraid of that because you're going, I'm putting Mm. it out there. I have to take a right cross once in a while and an uppercut and, you know, maybe a a kick to the thigh. That's part of the game. Um, So I would say my channel is pretty much that and it sort of goes into some... Other little areas of my life, and that's about it. You know that. That's so
1: you're trying to inspire the couch sitters in a lot of ways.
4: Not the couch sitter as much as the person that gave it up, that used to do it and did it a lot. Then they just got caught up working and earning money and raising life, family.
2: Life got in the way. Okay. Life, life got in the way. They let yeah. life
4: get in the way and they lost their yeah. lollygag.
1: He's bringing them back, Carl, to let to, to real life here in Colorado. Those people are people that like they used to do stuff but now they're literally sitting on the couch eating doritos watching tv all day long right which is so, my retirement plan they, i'd love i'm
4: working right. my way to that so i would do uh, i would do fritos and bugles <laughs> fritos is fair that's fair. i like the corn <laughs> i like the corn based stuff
2: let's let's talk about your uh, your background like how did you become a backpacking entertainer what's the what's the backstory there
4: on several be- backpacking podcasts I've been on, there was this, or interviews like at uh, Minnesota State Fair where they find out I have this alter ego named Suge instead of Sean Emery, the entertainer. And they were fascinated that an entertainer would do something like backpacking. And you almost take it as a little slam because they just think, what am, what am I, little Lord Fonteroy sitting around all day in an ascot? Being served. Right. (laughs) Right. But I, you know, I always remind them, I said, I was a camper and backpacker first from a young age. And I did, you know, when my daughter was young, there was uh, three years of my life that went by where I didn't camp and it just sitting in the backyard one day and it just hit me. And I went, I can't let this continue to happen because, you know, the longer you let go of something, the further it starts running ahead of you and you, you just, it's out of your life. Right and right. i go i've always camped at least twice a year so i got to get back to it it's just a matter of getting the stuff out and and doing it backpacking is kind of my uh you know, I, I'm a spirited introvert. And, you know, sometimes if you do a YouTube channel, people ask if you're a survivor. I'm going, no, I'm, I'm not a survivor or survivalist. I, I have everything in my pack that I need. I'm not foraging for food. I'm not building a shelter. I'm kind of lazy. I just carry it. <laughs> <A survivor. laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm more scared of regular life. I feel right. that's more survival, <laughs> earning, trying not to get killed in the car. In the woods, I feel a mm. deep sense of peace, even though there's danger all around. I, you know, you can't spend your time fearing that. I've had that talk with people. I'm going, if you hike with worry, Mm -hmm. worry will ruin your trip. Stay vigilant. It's like driving a pontoon boat. You got a bunch of friends on it. You know, you're up front steering and you look, you got your captain's hat and you're (laughs) looking around, but constantly you're scanning for jet skiers, canoes, big boats, (laughs) motorboats. You're not jerky about it or you're you're just tuned in. You're vigilant, (laughs) but not to the point of looking crazy.
1: But, okay, but you are and 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 you talk about being an entertainer, but part of being an entertainer is you've you've been involved in the circus and you've played the role of a clown.
4: Oh, you don't play the role. You are one. You I, are apologize. I apologize, I apologize. Yes. He's not an you're actor, Shug. Yeah. Shug. he's not an actor. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not young. an entertainer. I'm,
1: I'm trying. So we had um, one of our Patreon supporters, Jason from Oregon, wanted hey, to Justin, know if there's any skills you learn from your entertainment background that you can directly apply to backpacking.
4: Don't overthink it. Just show up, do it. Okay. You know, it's like what I'm always telling new backpackers, particularly uh, hammockers. They want to get it perfect before they go. And you know, that, that's impossible. You have okay. to go. And it's like you guys mm. on your podcast, you talk about the failures. I go, note your failures. Write them down if you have to. But also note mm. your successes. Don't forget those. What you, did, you didn't die. You mm. didn't forget your spoon. Um, you know, your tarp wasn't set up right. It leaked. You didn't seem seal it, whatever. Not it. You're, you're fine. You know, and as an entertainer, when you go in, you have to kind of go out there and you have to be horrible in front of people mm. and feel that feeling and go analyze it a bit and go, okay, I'm, you know, I practiced all my technical skills, but what I did not give them was my heart and soul. I didn't play them. I just, presented to them. I look, didn't look them in the eye. I I have to give them... An old vaudevillian told me once, he said, kid, if you can get them in the gut, they'll watch you whittle a piece of wood. <laughs>
3: <laughs> took me 15,
4: took me 15 years to be there. A bunch of us clowns in Clown Alley on Ringling once. He, his name was uh, Chaz Chase. He was an old vaudevillian. He was doing Sugar Babies on Broadway. We were playing Madison Square Garden. and He'd come every day and visit with a few of the old clowns from the tent days yeah. of yeah. Ringling. And, you know, we sat there, and you take a lesson like that, and it does take you 15 years to realize you've got to play your crowd.
2: Carl has trouble with that, but, uh, you know, as Russell Crowe said, uh, you know, <laughs> are you not entertained? You know, you gotta win the, you got to win right. the crowd.
1: You know, can
2: you win right, the crowd?
4: Yeah. Right. I like the name drop, by the way. You like that? If you're going to drop one, drop his name. Master and Commander.
1: I guess w- what I was taking away from uh, Jason's question was like, are there specific skills like, I don't know, if you're filtering water at a stream, if you've got multiple water bottles, you got the filter in your hand, you got a lot going on, are you like, do, do you juggle a little bit to try to, try to make juggle. it right? work? Well, I think it's <laughs> this is getting personal now.
4: I mean, it really comes down to, I think, practice. You know, if you, if you camp okay. once a year, you go. let's say you, you're a person that works so much, you eke out one backpacking trip a year where you're going to mm-hmm. kind of get rusty on your skills you know, right. and more than likely you don't get things out. Like, let me set that tent up and make sure it's not broken. And you just kind of get off your game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I that a yeah. lot and I'll get off my game. You know, switching from winter to now is a weird little transition because you're getting the water filter back out, which you don't do in the winter.
1: Like it's well chronicled that you're not afraid to go backpack and go outdoors no matter what the temperature is there in Minnesota.
2: Right, right.
1: And and I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people to to kind of just yeah buck up and go. But are there other people that want to maybe train for hiking, or they don't want to go outside when it's negative 25 degrees outside? Do they go to like the Mall of America and do some training as like a mall walker? Wow, Carl!
4: I know many backpackers here in Minnesota. Once it gets to 30 degrees, they hang it up. They have no interest. My way of looking at it is, go. We have a very long winter. Right. You know, it's five six months of the year, depending. And if you don't embrace winter backpacking, you're not backpacking at all. Or you have to drive to some southern states. Oh, and there's okay. less people
2: on the trail, probably, too, right?
4: Oh, way less. But, you know, surprisingly, there's a lot of people that really embrace it and love it. It is a beautiful time to do it. I mean, it's it's almost, I did a minus 40 trip, and I did a little minus 31 this year solo. And, you know, when it gets that cold, there's almost a moonscape
1: right, 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 right. feel.
4: It's so cold and crisp and... You, you could fail easily. You know how they always say even in a summer trip, you know, one mistake mm-hmm. leads to another mistake, leads to another mistake, mm-hmm. and then you could be in trouble. That amplifies in winter, so you've right. got to just kind of stay slow and calm. And I will always tell people, I go, it's a lot of work, but to sleep warm in a hammock through a night when it's that cold and wake up to a – your my face mask is just covered with ice. The, your, your face is just full of frost, but you're just – Toasty, warm, and you go. I have all day, and all I got to do is not die or lose a limb. Sounds, <laughs> sounds, easy, <laughs> enough. Uh, sounds <laughs> easy enough. Sounds
3: easy enough. Know? It is easy. I mean, really, that's your thought. Like, you know,
4: just where's that's the challenge? challenge. Yeah. yeah, just don't die. speaking of not
1: dying, I, I did yeah. have a hammock question for you because, so Derek, just quick backstory. Derek and I, we had a hammock person on our show like our very first season, and he's like, "You guys got to try the hammock." And so he sent us one, and we yeah. brought it to Yosemite. And I, we think it was missing some parts because we could not like it didn't there have was the straps. No yeah, to, yeah, to hang this thing up. And so we felt just we were kind of like embarrassed. We didn't really talk about it for a while. Now we just fully share that stuff. <laughs> we but, don't care anymore. But yeah, the concept of the okay, hammock, guys, I've been look, we we've been looking more into it over the years. And like I get the the concept of the underquilt, but when you're talking as cold as you're talking, how do you stay warm in negative temperatures in a hammock? What what's, what do you do there? Yeah.
4: Well, one is having, you know, the proper insulation for the hammock. You know, a really, a really good underquilt that will handle those temperatures. Yeah. The, your top quilt's going to handle Like it. rated you're, you're to slip, what? Are we talking slip. like
1: rated to like, you know, are these like 10-pound quilts here? <laughs> <laughs> Negative 100.
4: Yeah, I will sort of double up. Like I have my superior gear hammock and can snap those two underquilts in, and I'm good to like minus 30 with that. But they're, they would be better to below that. You could throw in a pad if you need it, but the game on that is what I tell people. And I've been to winter hangs here where a bunch of hammock campers get together from hammock forums or wherever. And it's even people that live up here in the upper Midwest. And where they fail at a hang, they spend, you know, they're new campers, never camped in that cold. Well, they're new hammockers. They're so excited. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will send them a private message and go, let me just, you know, I'm not trying to brush you off on this thing, but take heed that you're trying to do a minus twenty-five trip with a twenty-degree underquilt. It's not going to cut it, you know. Uh, you won't
1: die, right? Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. You the, won't. The die, math isn't working you out there.
4: Won't be warm, mm. you know. Throw your camping pad in. But I said, pay attention. Most of your day is standing around, you know. And people forget that you're standing around mm-hmm. talking to. I mean, you're you're in your hammock only when you. Get tired of talking to everybody by the fire and go uh, go off and go to sleep for the night. So a lot of people fail on their clothing right. system for the whole day. And then they go to sleep cold. And I'm going, okay. you must get warm before you crawl in. And that's doing jumping jacks, run in place, take a long walk, tweak your but Get warm. If you go in and your feet are cold, they're not going to warm up due to your down underquilt, even if you have a good one. It, it's oh, retaining your body heat oh. rather than creating. That a- makes sense. But no one listens to... No one listens. No one listens. <laughs> they don't know. No, they never do. They never
2: do. Suge, are you guys able to play games out there in negative 30? You get the bocce ball out there? You get the cornhole out there negative 30 degrees? Are you, uh, you know, playing cards?
4: The game is called What's My Next Chore? Oh, wow. (laughs) Is it cutting wood? Is it doing this? Is it thawing? something Sounds invigorating,
2: you know? Well, he likes chores. That actually works out for him. He's good to go. No wonder he loves it. Yeah, it makes sense. I
4: stand out there and I go, I don't know why, for a lazy man, I don't know why I do this because, as you know, even regular backpacking, it's chores all day. You walk all day. And you got to set up camp. And then you got to go down and get your water. And then you got to get your dinner going. And then if you're going to have a fire. And you're looking around going, I hope there's someone here that loves doing Learn to love like, it. I'm like, love the. So i, I I'm the
2: fire guy. Carl loves to filter water. That's his big thing. That's true. So, I story. would prefer yeah. to
4: filter water and say, Derek, look, yeah. I, I'm not going to mess with your fire. I'll bring a couple of sticks up. Thanks, but buddy. But I'm filming. I appreciate, <laughs> I I appreciate that. <laughs> Anything you know, else? Someone's got a document. Yeah.
2: a little kindling. You
1: mentioned waking up with ice on your face, but you're... Toasty warm with like the underquilt or the system you have.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. Is
1: there like a face quilt you could use to avoid that?
2: (laughs) A Face quilt. (laughs) The best questions, Carl. No,
4: I have a really nice, you know, (laughs) I actually made these two guys on hammock forums. (laughs) They were envious. They had a thread on hammock forums going, we are envious of Shug's little face mask. Now, if you go in any camping store now and you just try to find a face mask, most of them have neoprene in them. And I find neoprene... It's just kind of uncomfortable for sleeping. And I bought one 20 years ago, and it's just a thick fleece. It's just all fleece. And it's just covering my nose. It has a little you know, slot for my nostrils, a little place for my lips so I can exhale my air. Uh, people go, don't your eyeballs freeze? I go, no, I just kind of pull my hats down really low. over tuck them down over your eyes. Don't your eyeballs freeze? That I like that question. Or, actually. Don't your lungs freeze up from breathing? <laughs> and I'm going, you're worrying. I said, here's the problem. You're worrying about things before they happen. I said, I've not, Mm. I've not had that problem, But but to wake up in that cold and peek out and look at that thermometer and go, it's minus 37. And I am so, I'm not even cold.
1: I'm not bringing a thermometer to that point. I don't want to know it's minus 37.
4: I do want, oh, you want to know, if you're shooting YouTube, you got to (laughs) brag. You have to, you have to give proof. And it's just like, you know, when you put the video out, I have to put in, uh, I have to put in for all the people that, uh, uh, that do metric, not imperial. We do imperial like, uh, you know, minus 40 Fahrenheit is minus 40 Celsius, but I have to tag in down there. Oh, Right what it computes to because they always go mate i wish you'd do it i'm going you could just look up the table that i do it takes 20 seconds <laughs> right celsius right. to fahrenheit yeah. or fahrenheit to celsius go- Google it takes a second but Google you know it. you realize yeah. i'm putting the video out i must do all the work
1: if you're if you're putting like weights of hammocks or other gear do you also add the grams then too i
4: put it in grams okay I see eric see but and i get a lot of thank yous okay. for it
2: wow that's ridiculous that conversion is a- okay. a- atrocious I will not do that. Uh, so it, let's let's talk about gear. Well, what's the what's the most? I mean, what's that one piece of gear? That specific piece of gear that most backpackers need to have. You know, what's the piece of gear you would never bring again? I mean, what would you say?
4: I would say the spoon. The spoon goes without saying. Spoon. Not a not a spork. I'm not a. Sp- nope. I don't do a spork. Uh, I'm not a spork guy. Okay, just to I clarify. Like the spoon. All right. Okay. Um, I got forks at home, and I got a. I mean you. You can eat and you can shovel snow. You I feel know? like the spork is trying to, it's trying to be too many things. Well, it's trying to be two things. I, I don't mind the spork if I'm at Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is the first place I ever saw huh. a spork. But in the woods, I find it uncouth. That's just me. I'm not judging anyone. That's just my personal thing. Don't hold it against me that I said uncouth. And I know some people are Googling that uh, right now.
1: But but tell us about your spoon. Is it is it like a, a plastic spoon, titanium spoon? Does it have a spoon stuff sack? What you got? It's a,
4: it's a Lexan. It's a Lexan spoon because I like the smoothness. I have a titanium spoon, but it feels like a cat's tongue. A
2: cat's tongue. I would not know <laughs> what that feels rough. like. It's
4: a little it has a Do You a have texture, a lot of cats licking you? You over know when in you're, Minnesota? I wish I did. That's interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Backpacking, you know, you become sort of like little things. Like people go, why do you carry a separate coffee mug? I'm going, I like drinking my coffee out of the little mug because drinking it out of my cook pot, again, feels uncouth. The ghost of my mother comes down, my Irish mother, and boxes my ear. She's going, mm. son, it just looks, gr- you're tipping this big thing up to your face. The world disappears. Have a proper receptacle.
1: Proper. <laughs> I like, I like your mom. But you know, (laughs) you know, yes, (laughs) you like, you like, you like Ghost Mom. I like that. I like Ghost Mom,
2: you know,
4: you would have liked you. But you know what, my favorite, it's my underrated piece of gear. And you know, you said for anybody, but I think you get to a certain age. And I would say,
2: not the toothpick,
4: no, but it's, it's like a cousin. It's my hiking poles.
3: Okay. Mm
4: -hmm. Um,
1: Okay.
2: When
4: I started using hiking poles, using two rather than just one stick, I would find they just help me with balance. They, uh, yeah. Balance is the main thing. They can help drive me up a hill. I can put one behind and push and pull. And they don't get a lot of love. But I, I'll even say at the end of a trick, I, often on videos, I get. I'd like to give a little shout out to my black diamond flick locks.
3: Ooh, they!
4: Okay. I'm walking all day, and they they saved me a few times where I slipped on a rock and was oh, able yeah. to not fall to the ground. Oh yeah. And right. people go, I thought your hammock would be your favorite. I go, that goes without saying.
2: That's automatic. Right. Yeah. If I could count how many times <laughs> Carl has well, borrowed my yeah. trekking poles across the river, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a lot.
4: And they they work as a weapon. They work as hike. You know, uh, popping up the ends of your tarp. You know, there's so many things you can do with them. They're multifunction. But I just don't think they get the love. I think you know, you start using trekking poles and people think you're old. And it's like going, you better look forward to that. You'll enjoy it.
2: Maybe we need a new uh, GoFundMe for trekking pole love. You know. Trekking pull up. Let's start it now.
1: Derek's second part of the question yeah. was a piece of gear that you would never bring again or recommend other backpackers never not bring. bring. So so don't be shy here. Horrible. Don't be don't yeah. be concerned about naming naming name brands and models here. What's something that you just thought was terrible?
4: You know, I, I thought about that. I don't really have anything that I thought was terrible. I've I've had some things yeah. that I realized maybe I I could do without. Like I didn't need a huge, like a machete or or a big Bowie knife. Okay, that's fair. But I carry my Mora knife, a smaller knife, and I have it, I have it accessed, ready to use I, I don't mean to sound like I'm some, like I'm some Rambo, but ha- have it handy. You never know when you're going to need a knife. But you don't need a huge knife. But in that question, my least favorite, if I could just change this a little bit to sort of pre-chore, mm-hmm. I hate putting my food together. Mm. I loathe it. I save it till last. It, it gives me anxiety. Even though I know what I'm going to do, I'm just like, oh, God, so many choices. I don't know. Uh, I have <laughs> okay. to go down and sit down Smart. and do my little d'oro coffee bags. And I don't like that chore, even though as much as I like but You food. love chores. I mean, it's all, uh, you know, <laughs> you're I know. you worrying about the food before right. you I, do it,
2: Shook. You, know, you can't worry about it.
4: There's a cognitive dissonance going on in <laughs> me, and I don't know what it is. You know, it's
1: uh, a... <laughs> But I've heard you talk about your trail food ideology and isn't it just like the same stuff every time? You got Pop-Tarts, you got Spam, you got candy, you just got it's just the the junk food stuff, right?
4: Yep. Uh, you know, basically as a backpacker you're going I want it to be kind of light, I kind of want to look forward to it, but you know, it's not like it's nice to have a good food. I like to pack it gourmet meals, but I mix it up with some other ones. I like to bring a European candy bar, you know, I'm
2: European. Okay.
4: Yeah, I have a, I, you know, I'm born in Northern Ireland. Yeah. I've lived overseas a lot of my life, and I, I have a continental palate. Okay. <laughs> and I started bringing like British chocolates, and now people send me chocolates from all around the world. That's lovely. Really? Like good That's awesome. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't drink. Uh, you know, I'm an ex drinker, uh, and I haven't drank in uh, 36 years now. Great, don't man, congratulate me because uh, yeah. it's not fun. <laughs> it's like losing a leg. That- Here's my idea on not drinking. When, when you're an alcoholic, it's like going, okay, and I've told others. It's like okay, you're lo- you're losing a leg. It's a big part of yourself. Right now, you can be the person that pushes himself around backwards in the wheelchair with the one leg, looking sad. <laughs> or you get that <laughs> nice wooden leg or titanium, and you move forward.
1: Right there,
2: you go.
4: But it ain't coming back. It's not growing back.
2: Good for you, though. That's awesome.
4: Yeah, I mean, awesome. uh, so, so a little candy for me is nice. I like that pop tarts just because, as a scout, I enjoyed a pop tart. And a, who doesn't and a,
2: enjoy a good pop tart?
4: And I don't like Luke. them at home. Pop carts are not good at home, but uh, in the woods. So is backpacking
2: for you mainly just an excuse to eat junky food? Is that Well, you time? know, I've
4: had some people on my YouTube site that go, you eat horribly, I'm going, I can't, I'm not bringing out salads and sprouts.
3: <laughs> right, uh, yeah. And I eat that at
4: home all the time. It's just, it's, it's food that will sustain. The pop tart in the morning with my Medallia Dotto instant coffee is kind of a little, it's a boyish throwback. Yeah, I, I survived the night. I'm gonna have myself a a grown man is gonna have a pop tart, and I'll then I'll have some you know, grab that pop tart, oatmeal or yeah. something. They're heavy, um, but I'm gonna have one. I it just um uh, it's just one of those things. And spam, spam is good in the woods. It's some pig fat, you know. There's a lot of uh, calories and lard in it, and it's just fun to do on YouTube. And I I like when people scold my food, and I'm going. Then you have never backpacked. Because you don't know what it's like. You're not eating, you know, it's peanut butter. And, you know, when you run out of food, you got to go to a gas station and you're going to get beanie weenies at a service station. And it's going to taste marvelous in the woods. No one wants quinoa in the woods. Nobody wants quinoa in the woods.
2: That's true. You want a, you want a multi-day cheat day is what you want. So exactly if you, right. are you So are you going to do, have you done, maybe I, maybe I haven't seen this video, have you done like Vegemite, Marmite on anything? Because that stuff is disgusting.
4: You know, even I don't love uh, Vegemite yes, or Marmite. Yeah. Uh, it's I think it's an acquired taste. I haven't brought it, you know, and it's like I try not to bring Nutella because I like it too much. Ooh, that's
1: yeah, mm. dangerous. You know what I mean? Well, let me circle back to the chocolate stuff real quick because you mentioned people are sending you chocolate bars from around the world. Yeah. So you've got a pretty big following, man. Are you? Do you have like a like a treasure chest just full of chocolate bars that you kind of sift through prior to each trip? Is that
4: how? That Affirmative.
2: Works? Or, or like a Godiva, Godiva sponsorship or anything?
4: Is that no? I turn down most sponsorship offers because it would take the fun out of my channel. I'm just, I'm just mm. not that much of a go getter. I'll take some free gear, but once it gets into some negotiations and you got to do this for us, why? Well, ah, I don't care. You know, this is not no. my job.
2: Not, not your personality.
4: Um, but I do have three drawers of chocolates.
2: Three you know, drawers. That that to, there it is. Yeah. there it is. Yeah. They're, they're very <laughs> skinny.
4: They're my skinniest little drawers. Okay,
2: three. <laughs> drawers. And I pull it
4: open during a trip, <laughs> and I go, "Oh, do I want to bring the crunchy bar? I got all these. Still have all this."
2: He's got them organized yeah. too. I bet he's got them organized. Dark milk, nuts.
1: And speaking of drawers, you mentioned drawers in your house. Do you? Do you this is kind of related to something we've talked about like on previous episodes, do you
4: have a... I wear a synthetic underwear... That's okay. a trunk that goes down my leg that's a little bit. That's not where I, was going with that. I like it. I like it.
1: I was talking about do, do you have a drunk, a junk drawer with a drunk use? I got a
4: drunk junk drawer. <laughs> wow. You give him an inch. With all my, oh my empty gosh. liquor bottles from my young days, they're in there like old friends. They're a nemesis. Now I look oh my at them gosh. and go, I got you now, IW Hopper. Hey, Jack Daniels, who's your daddy?
1: That's right. You tell him Oh, my you gosh. Do you have a juncture with partially used batteries? Is that something? That's, is that a part of your house?
2: Oh boy, <laughs> nobody cares about this. No,
4: and I'm a little. I, you know, the way I'm wired, I, I that if the battery's low, it has to go.
3: Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, Carl, <laughs> anti-Carl,
2: right here. I like it, sure. I like it. Okay, here, I'm
4: <laughs> Carl's raging right now. Carl, let me ask you a question. Are you like me? Do you do you have a battery meter? Um,
1: no, but. What I do have is I'm on a podcast that should be called um, Rich Guys and Carl. Basically, Rich Guys and Guys and are Carl. throwing <laughs> batteries <laughs> away yeah. make you rich. If that was the case, wow,
2: the whole world would be rich.
4: Once that battery is touching the red, as much as it served me well, I okay. I have a little. I'll go. You know, I name all my batteries, and I'll go. Hey, Dickie and Larry, it's time Thank for you Larry.
3: to oh, move man. on.
1: All right, yeah. so you have, a, you have a headlamp. You've used the headlamp on three, four trips. You've used it a lot. The headlamp's still working. The batteries are partial, but you're like, at some point, these batteries are going to go. You, you just toss them.
4: No, at that point, if it's got some life in it, I'll go, you're coming with me. It's kind of a, now we're into spring and summer. The days are longer. Right. It's not as critical. Winter camping, it's dark out in the woods by 4.15. So mm-hmm. battery life and batteries. Uh, this is where I bring Hollingsworth. And I bring Tina and I bring Christina (laughs) You know, I bring my higher end, you know, I don't bring Lyle and Dickie. Okay. You just uh, throw them away. And Cindy, they come in three season with me.
1: That's right. You're (laughs) naming batteries, Carl.
4: I'm sure there's a Lyle (laughs) listening to this going, how did I make that cut?
1: Battery naming has not, has not been on our show before. this is new. So we appreciate it. That's a whole episode. Yeah. We'll we'll get, we'll come back to that. That's hilarious. Speaking of uh, interesting experiences here. So we like to ask this question because people that go backpacking different parts of the country, the world have different experiences. So what's been your craziest experience encounter or situation you've ever had on the trail?
4: Okay. Can I, this is kind of two part. My first one is the one that people like to hear. And this was just a really cool moment. Uh, The other one is a big, a a huge life-changing moment. Um, there's some ones I was sitting in camp up on the Superior Hiking Trail. It was like a, a early fall, early uh, camping trip, and I was sitting there by myself fixing dinner. And it's you know it's dusk, but you know how it's always a little darker in the campsite. But there was still mm-hmm. some kind of you know purpley blue through the woods, and I'm just kind of sitting there, got my hillbilly pot out boiling my water,
3: and no I billy. just had a oh, yeah.
4: sensation <laughs> sensation behind me. I kind of looked back over my right shoulder, and went. Huh, like it felt like something leaned out from behind a tree about 20 feet back, about 11 feet up, and just took a peek Sasquatch. at me. Sasquatch. Yes. Yeti. It's
2: Sasquatch. Yeti, actually. 30 below, it's Yeti.
4: Yeah. The Bumble. Uh, and they turned around, <laughs> and I just kind of looked, and I kind of grinned and went, huh, well, I've never heard of death by Sasquatch. You know, my dream is always when I'm out camping by myself that Sasquatch just comes and sits down with me. That, make, that makes sense.
2: That makes sense.
4: I've never heard of death by Sasquatch. Why do we fear it? It's like, I feel like, I don't, I'm not afraid. Sasquatch is like, what about
2: name, naming batteries with Sasquatch?
4: I think Sasquatch is just what? curious and he'd be curious to go. battery, yeah. But, um, just name battery. <laughs> I feel like Sasquatch is like Boo Radley from To Kill a Mockingbird. Just kind of lonely. And, uh, everybody's scared of him, and okay. doesn't understand him, And, uh, so I felt that, and but I. But
2: there's more than one, though. Isn't there more than
4: one? There must be. Yeah, it I shouldn't be that. I, long. I think there's a lot, yeah. but I think they get, you know, they get the short shrift. I mean, you know, now they're like, yeah, that's true. I mean, they are camera shy. We know that, but I just felt this weird sensation, and then I was going, "Well, maybe it's a pine martin leaning out from the tree," but I heard no rustling or anything. So anyway, it just made me grin, and it was a great moment because it just I felt really. Um, Kind of high from it, you know, just a little euphoric, but it felt huh. very real.
1: Derek's actually so unafraid of Sasquatch. He wore an apple necklace in Olympic National Park. And and from what we've researched, they love the apples. They love the apples. So yeah. You know what I
4: heard from my sister-in-law in Alaska? They swear they had a Sasquatch come in their cabin. Now, this okay. would take a whole other podcast. But they said in Alaska, what you do if you think you have a Sasquatch, you take your driver's license or a picture of yourself and you go put it out in the woods because it's just curious as to who you are. You know, they're like wolves. <laughs> <People, people laughs> <fear laughs> I've run into oh, wolves. I love it. I've come face love to face it. with wolves twice in the woods up here, both times alone, <laughs> one on video. And wolves okay. are just out there kind of, you know, they're looks, looking in at you going, dude's got a Pop-Tart.
3: <laughs> you know, it seems like he doesn't have what a chip on his
4: shoulder. Let's just uh, let him see us and leave him alone. You know, like they're, yeah. they're not really known. I mean, there's very few cases of wolves attacking man. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, I always say if you get to see a wolf or a bear, that, that's God giving you a little gift. Now, it could get ugly, that's up to you. Don't offer it a Pop-Tart, <laughs> I'll tell you that. No, yeah, and don't, have, you know, you kind of do. slide the Pop-Tart down onto yeah. the ground and flick it away, you know? Right. Put a little distance right. between you and the Pop-Tart, or just continue to eat it and go, probably wouldn't like it unless it was, like, human-filled. Uh, right. Or, yeah,
3: you know, they don't like the strawberry kind.
4: Maybe Wolves squirrel. don't
2: even, like, spam either, so that's, what does that tell you? I don't think yeah. they do. You know, they like <laughs> they like rabbits and all that. Bears, will, bears <laughs> just walk right by it. It's weird.
1: I don't get it. Transitioning back to that that question though, you you also had we kinda um, went down the rabbit hole of the Sasquatch.
4: See, Sasquatch is a lot more fun. yeah, um, but
1: you said you had a story that changed your life. What was that story? Well it was right?
4: like, you know, I backpack in the Limble Gorge a lot. It was about five or six years ago, and my buddy Hickory and I had just come off uh, I think we'd just done the Art Loeb Trail for five days, which is a really beautiful trail to the mountains of North Carolina. And we always try to okay. make some time for the Limble Gorge, because that's a place I camped there with my dad. It's I, I was just down there last week with with Hickory. It's just a place that draws us back. And, H-
2: and Hickory's a trail name or a real name?
4: His name. He's my best friend. We've been friends for over fifty years. His name is Kent Hicks. Mine is Sean Emery. And even as kids, uh-huh. we combined our last name of the Hicks and the E R Y of Emery to Hickory, and we're the Hickory brothers. Oh, nice. I like Emix, I like Emix didn't sound right. You know. <laughs> no, that sounds <laughs> right. didn't have a, yeah. yeah. It didn't roll off, even though you know.
2: Hickory Brothers. Yeah, were the okay. Hickory
4: Brothers. So we, were, we came up and we were doing this big, before we went backpack. And this guy was putting together this, he's a, he's a guy that goes to the gorge all the time and knows all these little routes. So we got up mm. there and there's about 15 people on this hike. And I had a bad feeling about it from the get-go because there were a few people on there that I felt were biting off more than they could chew. And as we started okay. this hike, it was even hard for me. You know, some of the places that you Mm. have to climb and scramble through. But the thing is, what you forget about mountains or the Linville Gorge is the steepness of the terrain. So we're at this one sketchy part where you have to climb up this tree to jump out on a rock to get up on the next level. Or come to this little cut in the rock where you climb up this broken, flaky kind of rock. But usually someone goes to the top and puts a rope down and helps you up. So there was Mm. this East Indian doctor down there who never took his hiking poles off his wrist all day, even when he was trying to climb. And he was making me nervous. You know, it's just like I could tell this guy's never hiked like this. Bless him for wanting to come. Mm. And they were trying to help him get up there. And I saw this guy I just met named Carolina Backpacker walking around. I was already up there. I'm standing there listening to the wind blow. And off to my left, everybody was up on the rock, and they're just chatting. That was great. All right. What a beautiful day. And I see Carolina Backpacker (laughs) walk by and disappear, and I'm just getting ready to get my camera out to film, and I see him rolling, log rolling Hmm. sideways. And my first thought, as this wind is blowing, a bird is chirping, a butterfly goes blowing by in the wind, this peaceful moment, and I see him rolling, and I'm thinking, man, is is he goofing off? Is he goofing around? And then I realize, oh, no, nobody log rolls down a mountain. And I watched right. him roll off a cliff and go down the mountain. And I went, I just saw a guy die.
2: Wow, Yikes, man. that's crazy.
4: Yikes. So I, I, turned to the group and to Kenny, the guy leading the thing, and I, as calmly as I could, just said, "Hey, hey, y'all! A uh, Carolina backpacker just rolled off the mountain." And a few people going, "No, Shug, you're kidding." And my buddy Hickory, who knows me, I'm a, I'm a great liar as a kid. I started a lie one time. Hicks would go to his family's house up in Virginia for the summer, and I started a lie that he was in the iron lung at a Mayo Clinic. And <laughs> and I embellished <laughs> this story to where his family found out, and I had to go give a family apology, and people were writing cards to his mom. Oh, jeez. About- oh, jeez. You, you went down. This is how good I am. Wow. But anyway, okay. Hicks knew from the tone of my voice and the look of my face, I wasn't kidding.
2: It was legit, yeah.
4: So we scrambled down the mountain to get to him. I saw him sit up. Well, I have this on video. It's called uh, Black Hawk Rescue in the Linville Gorge. He had to get okay. airlifted out. We held an emergency blanket over him for seven hours. I don't know. How, number one, let me back up. I don't know how he lived.
2: That's crazy. Because right?
4: when we got to him, there was nothing to stop him. And I don't know how he stopped. But we held it. It was just in the sun. He messed his knee up. He had teeth missing. He had poke holes all in him. He Ooh. was busted up. Seriously Ooh. bad. And we held a wow. this emergency blanket that Hicks had over him for seven hours, until we could get medics down there to then say yes, get the Blackhawks out. And I filmed the whole Black Hawk coming in to get him. And wow. this was a day when there were like forty-five mile an hour winds, and that pilot oh. got in there so close, it was amazing. Wow. Now at the end of the day, we're thinking, aren't you guys going to come airlift us out? We're tired. I know,
2: really are you are you coming back? Yeah, we'll take that shit.
4: We had to climb out, and it was hard because Hickory is an EMT, so he's been around trauma. I am a circus clown uh, entertainer, <laughs> right. little Lord Quateroy, right. and I didn't realize once we got back up to flat land and had a moment to get away from everybody how suddenly I was just overwhelmed with exhaustion from oh the I believe it motion of the day
2: yeah that's draining in itself yeah
4: and it just taught me never disrespect the pitch and the steepness of a mountain because all it would take was what he he reached up to grab a little piece of, piece of that rock broke off his, his hand he fell back his momentum and i asked him since he lived i went
2: right. how did
4: you not try to throw your arms out and try to self-arrest he said right. i was just rolling going i'm gonna die and of course it's like any it. man the first thing when he when we realized he was gonna live he kept going i'm sorry i messed up y'all's day oh my gosh Oh, that's his you know, first he, time. he was more concerned about messing up our day. Right.
2: Oh, right. wow. What a guy.
4: Uh, and it just changed my life on, on respect. Uh, again, just respect for Mother Nature, respect of the woods, the mountains, and it can take you quickly if it wants to. So don't get cocky, Shook.
1: Real quick, just... I don't know when this happened. Did you, in order to call in the Blackhawk or emergency services, did you guys have a low heater beacon?
4: We had no, you know, at that spot in the gorge, um, a lot of people have cell phone service. and okay. So we were able to, the guys at the top, we were hollering up, Hicks texted them, said call, you know, McDowell County sheriffs and Avery County sheriffs. Right. Won't believe the steps you have to go through. They don't just send a helicopter out. You have to go through it. Right. You know, this guy's Mm -hmm. about to die. And they're telling us, don't right. give him water. He's so thirsty. We just, you know, Hicks is an EMT, so he's giving him just a filling the little cap of a bottle and just giving him a sip. Right. But I found his. He was worried because his pistol flew out of his pocket. All of his stuff. I said. So I was feeling what was still in his pockets. I said, "Hey, your your Winston's are here." They didn't say anything about a smoke. I was kind of joking, like the old war yeah. movies and cowboy movies, stick a cigarette in their mouth and light it. And we, he said, right. Shook put a smoke in my lips. And I did. I popped a Winston in his lips and lit it and said, if he's going to, you may as well. But they didn't say anything about that. Right. <laughs> you know.
1: Right. <laughs> don't give him water, but cigarettes probably fine.
4: It was, yes, it was romantic yeah. in a weird old school kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is
1: Minnesota or because you didn't have the emergency beacon, you went more with the cell service, but um, seven hours is not a good turnaround time for a rescue. Yeah. that. What's going on with that chef what took so long?
4: We found out what it is. They have to contact like a couple of local mountain rescuers first okay. to come down to sort of assess the situation. And these two guys came down and we thought we were going to have to give first aid to them
1: because mm, wow. it was want. a
4: rugged client. I don't know how I scrambled down the mountain getting down there. I, I was literally, you know, putting all my meat of my body on the side of the mountain to get down to him. I felt responsible being the only guy to see him going. Mm-hmm. And- we didn't want too many guys coming down, and at the end, we were sort of standing on this kind of thirty-five degree pitch all day, holding this blanket and kind of going, "Well, my leg is cramping a little." Right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're switching situations because yeah, right. you're leaning so hard oh, that we would sure. have to shift. And then I'm a little wind. You know, the sun is hitting me. Right. I'm a little thirsty. Does right. anyone have any food? You know, and it was um, it was just a reminder. You know, we yeah. all need these reminders in life you know you start to think you know it all then you get lost and you know blink and, of an
2: eye Shug. blink of an eye
4: yeah when anybody's one of these know-it-all backpackers i just i can't buy into that it's like no you don't know it all and don't act i always hope i don't act like a know-it-all on my videos it's like go experience it you know and like i said earlier if make note of your failures but make note of your successes most people don't do that what did you do right you know right. look at that yeah it'd be great you Really we, and we don't
1: really talk about that on our show because nobody really cares. They just want to hear how I messed up, but
4: they want to hear. Yeah, how you messed
1: yeah. For sure. Right. But, um, I mean, Carl,
2: Carl can pour the water in his freeze dried meal. He can do that. <laughs> you
1: know? celebrate. celebrate. I that. still celebrate it, but nobody else cares. Uh, so our last question, we always save for you to share anything you've got going on kind of upcoming videos you've got or anything new or interesting for you, you know, YouTube channel or anything you want to promote social media, whatever.
4: I think I'm just going to disappoint you here. I, I don't. I'm, uh, you know, I just have my YouTube channel and, you know, actually lately I've been kind of backing off a little bit because um, I've been doing it a long time and I, I start to feel, you know, I see the new, the new way YouTube is. Like if I was getting into YouTube now, I even wonder if I would, because it's the culture of it's changed a lot since I started sort of in 2007. It's, it wasn't about making money and people, you know, you, I mean, you see so many backpackers now. Doing it full time for their job, which means they have to put out a lot of content. And I think at a certain point the content gets thin because watch any backpack your canoe and think, you're walking, you're eating, you're sleeping. You're walking, you're eating, you're sawing <laughs> wood, you're sleeping. I mean, you you're get kind the of eyeball true. a that's new not area. True. That's, that's not true with our group. In I'm way. kind of the thing, I don't know. It's I, I don't I've gone through the thing, I went through it with YouTube where I felt like I was forcing trips because people are going, hey, Chuck, when's your next trip? You know, and you feel kind of beholden to your subscribers or commenters. And I was finding I wasn't, like sometimes the first day I wouldn't even get the camera out because I just didn't really, I wasn't ready to report anything yet. And then you get a little bit caught up on the little money that you get from Google. And I said, no, this was never the point. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I'm getting uninspired right now. I've kind of covered everything with hammocks. That was probably the bulk of my stuff. And then a trip report you know they're the easiest to film because they just play out as they are.
1: Shug, man, you have been awesome. Just yeah, you got story after story. I feel like we're just scratching the surface here, and man, we'd be honored if you'd be be willing to come back on in the future because this has just been great. So
4: I would, if you ever want to go d- delve deep in a subject, I'd love to. Um, laziness and mistakes and the art of lollygag. <laughs> hey, let me thank you guys for something for a second. Thank I really liked, uh I really like the energy of you guys too, and I like the questions you asked and the flow of this. Uh, Podcast. You it yeah, it, it wasn't uh a few that there. some paper crumpling. Um okay sure, good. Now uh could you tell us the size of your boot, the weight of your boot? Uh yeah, could you tell us what that is in ounces and grams and uh I'd rather go. Are you not gonna ask me that the names of my two boots? You know.
1: Carl gets the gram
2: questions out later. <music>
1: All right, my friend. Woo, that was just, yeah, like I said, ball of energy with nuggets of wisdom. What? Yeah, g- give me some takeaways. What would you like? I mean, what? what is
2: this guy? He's just a cornucopia yes. of all kinds of things. But, you know, He enjoys chores. You know, he enjoys spamming the wilderness. I mean, he's a hammock guy. I mean, I don't know what that says about anything, but... Um are you, are, is this giving you more inspiration to become a hammock guy, or, or not really?
1: Like, is he inspiring me? Yeah. When he says things like, I woke up with ice on my face, you feel like that's inspiring me?
2: No. I, double no. quilt, you know? I mean, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Okay, so yeah, let's, let's break down some specific things here. So he's got the chocolate drawer. Three. Three chocolate drawers. Yeah. Yeah, three chocolate drawers. The Pop-Tarts, the Spam. Uh, it sounds like he's a pretty healthy guy off the trail, but when he gets on the trail, man, he's just, he's eating whatever. What do you think yeah, about that?
2: That's, a, that's what I was saying to him. I was like, this is like just a multi-day cheat day. You're just throwing right. all the junk in there, checking out from being responsible. And, uh, you know, I think that's his, that's his release still too, you know, to yeah. get away and just uh, eat junk for a
1: while. And you know that, because neither of us eat spam or, have had spam out on the trail, have ever been tempted to bring spam out on the trail, you know mm. that we're in the minority there. Like, a lot of people have that stuff, right? That's
2: shocking. It still shocks me yeah. that people love spam.
1: Yeah. I think if you are a spam eater on the trail, I think you might want to examine more of your life choices. Like, what am I really <laughs> doing here? Why am I doing this? And what else am I doing in my life that's really absurd?
2: <laughs> people might think you're judgy right there because they love their spam, Carl. But, I know. Uh,
1: but there's, there's other options, though. You don't have to bring spam. You can you know, dehydrate your your meat and kind of rehydrate it in food. There's the just the straight-up freeze-dried stuff. Like, there's just so many other options.
2: Maybe they just like the taste, you know? Summer sausage? Yeah, summer sausage, but, you know, I think maybe sometimes just, it, yeah. it boils down to taste. Maybe they just like the taste, which is weird, but, you know. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, I'm not... It's just that, yeah, it's just what... The taste is fine, I'm sure, but just the, what's in there is just a little too much for you. So... You know, he has some interesting answers for the craziest experience. I you know, I was actually like when he said he saw something in the woods, I thought it was going to be some sort of an animal. I was joking when I said Sasquatch and then that's what he was talking about with a Sasquatch. And then he went down the, <laughs> right now and then
2: he yeah. went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, that was funny. Do
1: you think that if whether it's a Sasquatch or another animal in the woods, do you think that leaving your driver's license out there so they're familiar with you so they don't have to come into your cabin? Is that a good strategy? I mean,
2: as long as it's expired, so you don't have to go back and get it, mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Okay. you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you want to dive into his crazy experience where he saw somebody log roll down a mountain?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how I'd react to something like that. I think I'd just be dumbfounded initially. Mm-hmm. Shock. And then I guess, yeah, I'd try to like run down there after him, see what, what what's going on.
1: His description of it, it probably betrayed like my vision of what that looked like. So yeah, I would immediately be reacting and kind of chasing them down. But, um, were you at all appalled by the seven hour turnaround time there?
2: Uh, yeah, I was a little, dis- I mean, that was disappointing to hear that. Why did that take so long? I don't. I don't understand. Like they had to send local whatever out there and they, they barely made it out there. And then they was the personal locator beacon stuff. Like not as good back then. I mean, like, I don't know what year. yeah, we should have asked them what year that was. Right. That's, that's a good question. Cause like, yeah, I don't know. We were out We were out pretty far out there when we were in uh, one of our uh, trips with uh, Patreon, and they You got- don't even know
1: where it was, do you? You can't name where that was, can you? No, no, not the Canyonlands
2: trip, the other one. Um,
1: <laughs> but they got to that guy,
2: they said, in what, two hours?
1: Yeah, but that was with the, the locator beacon, right? Right. His was with a cell phone, and so Right. But here's the thing, is like, when I called Search and Rescue in Yosemite a couple years ago for our buddies Rocky and Jared when they, were, when they got missing, Yeah. They they knew that most of the time when somebody goes missing, they're simply overdue. So step like Sug was mentioned, there's like multi-steps to the process. Step one was for them just to drive to the trailhead to see if their car was still there. Okay. Wow. We were literally just at the trailhead. We knew their car was still there. Right. But they still had to go through their process. I was like, Ugh. this is I was like, this is gonna be unless things are imminent, this is gonna be ours. And so it's like I feel like you go through the process it's gonna take forever. You go through the locator beacon, you might get the helicopter.
2: I mean, that's right? the that's the bonus. That's a huge bonus.
1: Do you feel like if you're in critical condition, it's life or death? Yeah. That uh search and rescue in those situations is more like search and find search and find and like
2: search and find your dead body?
1: Yeah, basically, right?
2: Probably yeah. I mean, unless you, unless you're able to like somehow communicate, like, look, I'm. This is where I'm on the trail. I yes, my car's at the trailhead. Uh, and give them all the. I don't know. Would they still go through their little checklist? I mean, the more you, I, I mean, how much can you give them ahead of time? Really, you know. Well, like, so
1: with the new, like Zolio has new software out. because you can be texting them. You can yeah. text them like, hey, I'm in a canyon
2: with a broken leg. I'm about to die. Like, get the chopper here. Right. You know. Do you like, feel like do you, you feel me? like
1: a, a broken leg would kill you?
2: Well, you know, if it's uh, negative 30, like in Shug's world, maybe.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But but the new Zolio software has, you can have more back and forth. They can give you updates like, hey, we you know, we're here. We're sending in a ground crew, this oh, and that. That's
2: huge. So For morale, it, that's huge.
1: It is. It, oh, 100%. But part of me thinks, would it be better just to have it where they can't communicate with you and they just default to pressing you know to sending the helicopter once you press the red button?
2: Uh, my, I don't know. I don't. Know, I mean, I don't. Wouldn't think so, but
1: because if I'm pressing the red button, I, I probably want the helicopter to come, right? Yeah,
2: I want the helicopter to come.
1: Get it over. Not here. like, hey, he, hey, we're dehydrated. He is bring in some, some uh, nalgene's full of water. <laughs> nalgene's full of water. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: yeah. That'll help it all out. No, give me the chopper. I just want the chopper.
1: So, any anything else stick away?
2: Um, I mean he's just he's just a a fun guy i love his attitude toward the trail i love his um you know his his kind of no i wouldn't say maybe his philosophy on i guess maybe it's like philosophy on, on like how you should just find the good things and celebrate the good things you're doing on the trail i think a lot of people may not do that but um yeah i'd love to have him back on um it was good for sure for sure
1: this this is like a get to know you we'd never met him before this is like a get to know you sort of interview and we'll, yeah. we'll dig deeper into some of these topics specifically that he can kind exactly of- shine some light on for sure. So it was good times. Thank you. Suge. Awesome. So Suge, man. Yeah, we appreciate it. And like I said, we hope we hope to have you on again. All right. I'll ask again, do you have trivia today? We got some trivia and it's going to be coming
2: up right after this. The
0: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U S military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top of the line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out midwayusa.com.
1: Derek has trivia. It's been a few weeks, my friend, but um, you got some rare gear trivia. Are you interested in travel and backpacking oriented fishing gear? Their fly rod travels rigged and ready to cast in just 30 seconds. And it's just 17 inches in length, one store it fits anywhere. So check it out at raregear.com. That's R-E-Y-R. Rare Gear is bringing you what kind of trivia do we ha- do we have today, Derek? We got some
2: Minnesota trivia. We yes. got some a little Suge trivia. We got okay. a little bit of everything. So we got we got a few questions here for you. Are you All ready? Right. Yes. I just I just want you just to not fail another trivia. That's that's what the goal is. So I made another we're gonna one. start easy. Okay. I'm sure you did your Suge homework ahead of time, so this should be pretty easy for you. Right. Um, all right. Suge is a big time YouTube subscriber. How many followers does he have? 104,000? 108,000? 106,000?
1: Or 110,000? That's your ridiculous question. You're back. <laughs> Derek's back, my friends. Woo! This is the grams, kind of question he so has. no grams. <laughs> These I are... knew he'd mock this question because it's so easy. It's not easy. I don't... <laughs> I just gave you multiple choice. What are you talking Subscriber about? Subscriber numbers are changing all the time. What's the current and those, one at? Those answers are so close to each other. I would not. I would not memorize. What's the
2: current one at? That's all I want to know. C.
1: Whatever C is, I don't even know.
2: One hundred six. Incorrect. It's one hundred eight thousand oh subscribers. Oh my
1: gosh. I just thought you did a little <laughs> bit more
2: homework on Shook because wow. you you know you're all about like hey we should we gotta have this guy on. He's got like over a hundred thousand followers. I'm like oh well he knows he knows it's one hundred eight. He knows That oh was like a, that was a softball but i if guess you're new
1: to the show folks welcome to Derek's trivia where he asks nearly impossible questions all right next one
2: welcome to the trivia where carl mocks easy questions <laughs> when <laughs> easy he questions. doesn't know the answers <laughs>
1: easy questions
2: all right here we go Min- okay even an easier question okay.
1: minnesota is known as the what state the what state well it's known as the land of ten thousand lakes is that we're not talking about license plates that's license plates <laughs> we know you know that okay it was the i what? had to remove state? that from trivia the midwestern state the state where they have small soda cans, wow. like- the Gopher, the Gopher state. It, come on, okay. You and I knew that one. The Gopher state, oh for two. Even you knew that one. The designer of the trivia. Well done, all Derek. listeners in well Minnesota. I
2: apologize, <laughs> Carl did not do. It After somewhere. I looked
1: that up, I knew that one. Carl clearly <laughs> does not
2: care about Minnesota.
1: The question is so poorly go- constructed. All right, all right, I've heard of Minnesota being the Gopher state. But I'm just so embarrassed by your questions right now. I was gonna ask you
2: a more specific question about weight, okay. and I wasn't gonna do grams, but it seems like it might be too hard for you since you've already failed trivia. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna dumb this question down, and and I I'm almost positive you'll get this question. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, Minnesota used to be known uh, for having the biggest ball of what? Twine. Twine. Oh, he got it. twine, twine. Okay. Look at you. That was, you. A, softball. According to weird that was a softball. you're
1: right. Do you know how much it weighs? Uh,
2: just offhand, for a bonus, bonus point.
1: I'm gonna say ten tons.
2: Uh, wow. No, it's like seventeen thousand four hundred pounds or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So we failed another trivia, and that's that's terrible. But um, you know, you can uh, now go backpack in the wilderness with uh, I don't know all the bug spray that is possibly no why, why don't mm. we just let's scratch that let's scratch that
1: creativity is, is flowing here keep it going what, what, what else can, <laughs> we'll scratch I what can i do, out? I do scratch out. That out. we'll do uh yeah.
2: we'll do what can we do for you for trivia you can do okay why don't you do this why don't you um wrap yourself in twine and then go try to order <laughs> something from a fast food restaurant and pay with just your head sticking out of the twine that'd be great <laughs>
1: Okay. Welcome to Derek, the most prepared man in all the podcasting. Um, wait a, this is what he does, <laughs> folks.
2: When he doesn't know the answers or he feels dumb, he mocks. All right. Well, let's get some
1: feedback out there. Mission accomplished. Let's get some mission feedback, fellow adventurers. Were the first two questions Derek asked were those reasonable questions? Who
2: will Who will wrap Carl and Twine? Okay. And these are just pretty standard Minnesota questions, Carl okay. and Shug questions. Yeah, I just we'll I just the, figured we'll it would feedback. be easy for you.
1: Did uh, Have you Have you played Uno with your post Postal worker yet?
2: That was random. Uh, no, no, I have not. With my,
1: why is that random? That relates to exactly what we're talking about. Mm. That was a punishment for you failing a trivia. Uh, was it? La- I think it was last week. I don't think I agreed to that. So, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't do that. You know, my postal. So you didn't agree to that. So you're just going to inflict a punishment Correct. on me. Correct. For this trivia that Correct. makes a lot of sense. A lot yeah. of sense. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm gonna sign you up for logic and re- reasoning class one oh one and uh, wow. I want you to take a couple classes for your next trivia.
2: Okay. I worry about you and simple questions. That's all okay. I'm gonna say. Uh, do we have any do we have any tidbits for today? What do we what do we have? What do we got?
1: So I've been working on a website called backpackingandblisters.com. We've got detailed trip plans and we've got our latest gear that we recommend that we put our name on there. If you want to check it out as well as, you know, our latest podcasts and YouTube stuff. But, um, yeah, if you're looking to peruse and get some more info about the show, backpacking and com, And that my friend is all I got. Uh,
2: all right, guys. Hey, check out the uh, Patreon when you get a chance. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Jump in. Hit the subscribe. Join the family. We got a lot of great content on there. Um, check out the Instagram Backpacking Blisters Podcast. And uh, guys, if you want Carl to get questions right, you have to give him the answers ahead of time. We will see you next time. I would go backpacking in negative 30, negative 40. I've been to Antarctica. Like I can handle it. I don't know. Carl still thinks, you know, that you need to bring certain things on, on these types of trips though. And I said, look, if you, if you want to bring mosquito spray, you can bring mosquito spray, but you're probably not going to run into many mosquitoes in negative 30. And so he still packs the off. He still, he still coats his body with off. And, um, you know what? I'm going to let him cause it keeps the wolves and the bears and the sasquatches at bay
0: A life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of It's a Winchester life Yeah baby 68 Western I'll over there, baby right there Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV